Good evening, Connected Church, Fuller. Good evening. Is everybody sleeping or what's going on? All right, good. I caught you off guard. That's good. Now, um, I, uh, welcome. Uh, my name is Michael Page. I uh, have the awesome opportunity to be the campus pastor here at uh, uh, Connection Church Pooler. And uh, this is um, our, our fifth week meeting, I guess, officially. Uh, this is our fourth week in the series we're in called Blueprint. And I just want to take this time, if this is your first time, just welcome. I, I'm glad you're here. Um, obviously, you probably know why the, um, we're a little bit slim than usual, um, which we'll, we'll discuss that next week. Um, but... Uh, what I want to talk about tonight, we're going to, we're going to continue our series on uh, our, the cultures of our church. Basically, blueprint, the, the name blueprint means what, is, what makes up the framework of our, of our church. What, what it, uh, if you come to Connection Church or you're a part of our church, what does it look like for your life? And so um, the first three weeks, we talked about evangelism, generosity, and community. We talked about last week. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about serving. Um, this week, uh, last week I wasn't here, I was, I was sick, and I, I, I thought I had the flu, but it, it was not. It was a really bad case of food poisoning. So I just want to tell you that to uh, cook your food really good, because uh, it was a really bad experience. So, um, but yeah, it was, I'm glad to be back, and um, it's, it, it felt, felt good to be here again setting up and kind of preparing for tonight, but um, I'm glad to be here. But um, before we start, I just kind of want to go through this, but these cultures of the, the four cultures of our church is based out of Acts 2, 42 through 47. Um, we're not going to read that, but you can go home and read it. It's, 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 it's a perfect example of the church should look like um, always. What it, look, what it should look like, community, evangelism, um, serving, and generosity. And last week in our, in, during community, we talked about how these people in the early church, they all came, the 3,000 people came to Christ after Peter preached. They were baptized, and they were all living, um, and they were all living together and eating together, and, and they, were, they were spending time together. They were in awe of what the, what the apostles were teaching and what they were doing. Um, they, were, they were devoted to the scriptures is what it said. And so you look at this, and you see the, the Christ was the centerpiece of everything they were doing, not just an add-on to, to what their everyday life was. He was the centerpiece. Everything culminated around Christ in their entire life. And we see the church exploding because of that. And so tonight, I just want to talk for you guys just for a second, really quick. There's, there's three things that I want to kind of just talk about really quick before we get into the message. And I, I, kind of like what, what Thomas was saying earlier and, um, in, in, in the, the last song, it was called, I Surrender, I Surrender, I Surrender All. And the, the bridge is that it's everything and nothing less I give you. And so, so many times in church, I think even with me, uh, in my, my past life, and what I've lived in the past, and I would come to church and I, I love those, those songs are awesome because they get you in the heart, they give you goosebumps, and you just feel, they make you feel good, right? It just, you feel good about singing, I surrender all. But doing the application of I surrendering all is the tough part, right? Going home and saying, I surrender my finances, I surrender my marriage, I surrender my, my relationship with my kids, I surrender my job, I surrender this, that's tough because it gives up control. And so tonight, I just, wanna, I just wanna give us an opportunity to come together because at Connection, we don't want you to just to come to church. We want you to be a part of something. We want you to be a part of something bigger than yourself, bigger than me, bigger than you. Us together moving forward to, 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 to do what God's called us to do in scripture. But I think God may be calling some of us tonight to wake up, to wake up. The, who loves the word revival? If you hear about a revival, I'm gonna to go to a revival because it feels good, because it feels alive. People feel real there, right? They feel like, man, this place, I could, I could, I could get on board with this place. Okay, the, the revival, it just means come awake is what it means. If you wanna get down to it, the root words of it is come awake. And so tonight I feel like some of us may need to come awake. 
Come awaken the gospel. Come awaken who we are in Christ. Because I, the question somebody asked me one time whenever I, I needed to come awake was, how long have you been at the place that you are right now spiritually? How long have you been stuck in that same exact place spiritually that you've been right now? How long have you stayed in that spot? Struggling with the same things or battling with the same things, can't, lo- can't let go of the past, um, struggling with the same temptations, always struggling, always in between, always living on the edges of our faith. How long have you been there tonight? Because in that moment, I know from experience that you can't get enjoyment or fulfillment from sin because you know serving Christ was required. You had to, you just had to say no to sin. And you can't get a fulfillment from Jesus because you're living in sin. So you're stuck in this middle ground and you don't know which way to turn. I, I love sinning, but I love Jesus, but I, I like my sin over here. It, you're stuck in the middle and it's frustrating and it's hard and it's, it's, it's excruciating. We go to bed tired or wake up tired because we're constantly on that hamster wheel of trying to please God, trying to please ourselves, back and forth, back and forth. So is that you now? You're stuck in the middle. Next thing is, some of us might need to let go of the past. This was me like a year ago, letting go of the things that I've done in the past, letting go of the things that have been done to me in the past, letting go of the hurt, the baggage, letting Jesus heal the unforgiveness and the bitterness that kind of crept in my life. And the last thing is some of us need to give ourselves fully to God tonight, fully. Not one foot in, one foot out. Jeremiah 29, 13. Everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 13 is where it's at. It says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. How beautiful is that? When you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. That's a promise. When you seek me with all your heart. Some of us follow Jesus for a very long time in here. Some of us can say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus. But only at a distance. We've kind of followed him at a distance. And we've never been able to enjoy the blessings of what he's, he's wanting to give us as followers of him, as sons and daughters. And so what would it look like, do you think, like if you turn around and look at everybody in this room, what would it look like if everybody in here was completely surrendered to what God was wanting to do in their life? Everybody. Could you imagine? We wouldn't be able to afford enough seats in here. The community of Pooley would be forever different. I mean, heck, Georgia would be different. We have to stop asking God tonight. This, is, this was what God gave me this, this week in my time with him as I was praying and it, it punched me square between the eyes. It says, you need to stop asking for what you think you want and what you think you need and start asking me to show you where you're at and where I want you to go. And so as I was thinking through that, I was like, oh man, I pray for things that I want all the time, which you know, God wants to give us the desires of our heart if we're following him and, and all that. But at the same time, I'm, my prayer life is, is still focused on Michael a lot of the times, you know? And so he, when he said that, I was like, man, God, yes. And I, I was on my knees and, and God, forgive me because I, for too long I've asked for things that I wanted or I, I thought I needed and I forgot to ask you to show me what you wanted for me. And so tonight before we start, I just wanna, I just, wanna just bring you those things and put them before you because we're gonna talk tonight. There's gonna be a time to, to decide what side of the fence you wanna stand on and what side of the area that you, we talked about a minute ago, self or Christ that you wanna serve or, or follow. And so keep that in your heart, you know, tonight as we're going through that, about surrendering fully to God. And I wanna pray for us, and then we're gonna go into some scripture. We're gonna go into this, but so just bow your heads with me. Father God, we love you. Uh, we're so honored to be in your presence. God, anytime we come into this place together, Father, you're here, you're with us. God, no matter, no matter where we're at, 
No matter what person in here has done things that they are ashamed of, Father, or have been gone for a long time, God, you are the answer to all the world's problems, God. Lord, you are so good, Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for, for loving us um, and, and despite us. Thank you for giving um, us grace daily to, to walk and to live and to move and to breathe, God, and to do the things you've called us to. Thank you, Father, for loving us when we're unlovable. And so tonight, God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, knock away um, the walls that are around our hearts. God, open us up, Father, to be able to, to live for you. God, to make, to make a decision to follow you and to um, do that, Father, relentlessly. Lord, we love you, and I just pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so we're good. Tonight, we're talking about serving. I, talk, I said that a minute ago. If you want to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 13, we're going to read um, there. And I hope you have your Bibles because it's really important. And if you don't, there's on the screen. So we have some technology here for you guys to use. Um, but next week, you'll be ready to use your Bibles if you have one. If you don't have one, Miss Nikki Long has some at the Next Steps table. She'll give to you free of charge. Okay? Awesome. So John 13, verses 1 through 17. It's a, it's a little bit long, but it's, a, it's full of meat, and it's, um, it's really important that we read through this to kind of continue. It's going to set us up to talk about serving tonight. And it's basically, um, it's talking about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Um, and then after this, we're all going to wash each other's feet. I'm just kidding. Um, John 13, 1 through 17, it says this. It says, it was just before the Passover feast or festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in process, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you are going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then the Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. That was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master and no mass messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So tonight, guys, we're talking about serving. And, the, and I want you to see there's so much in here. We could, we could do a series off of this section of scripture. But my heart is for you to see the heart of Christ in what he was doing for his disciples. He was serving his disciples in a very tangible way, in a very, in a, in a very um, way that was seen almost degrading to some people in this room, um, washing someone's feet. And so um, there's a lot of history behind it. You can study it, but tonight we don't have time to get into all that. But we're gonna just, I just want to talk about that in a way that you understand because John um, 13, 15, it says this. It says, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. And so we see throughout Scripture 
Jesus um, and, and Paul and Peter and the, side, the apostles, they're, they're laying out things the way that we should, we should live our lives, the way that we should walk, the way that we should treat one another, the way that we should love one another. And so tonight, I just want to go through that. And, you know, I have some really bad news to start off the night. I'm sorry to start off with bad news. And I know that no one in here has ever been told this before. And I know no one's told me this before, but life isn't about you and life isn't about me. Shocker, Right? Life's not about me and life's not about you. That's not why we're here. That we're, it's not about us. And sometimes it's good to look in the mirror and say, Michael, don't say Michael because that'd be weird. It's not about you, bro. And so, you know, it's, you, it's good to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes saying it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. But I sure do live like it is, right? Do y'all? I, mean, I do. I live like it is a lot. I mean, the decisions I make, the places I go to eat, the, how I treat my wife, how I treat my family. So I, 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 treat my, I treat things like it's about me. You know, the goals I set, the security I set up, but, but serving is one of the most important cultures in our church and it can't be about us if we're serving others like Christ served people. He served the disciples in a way that was just completely denying himself. And it can't be about us if we're denying ourselves. And so tonight I want you to see that we serve because Jesus first served us. Okay, he came and first served us. Our, our serving is a response to what Jesus has already done. We don't serve out of duty because we're trying to earn God's favor. A lot, there's people that do that, but our motive should never be to earn God's favor through serving. We have God's favor because he loves us, because he's called us sons and daughters, because he died on the cross whenever we were undeserving. We have his favor. It's time that we understand that we can do nothing to get closer to him besides accepting him and loving him and living our lives in a way that makes him real to other people around us. And so tonight at Connection Church, our heart, I want you to hear this, is our heart is that for serving people to be a joy, Serving people to be a joy, for it to be normal, for it to be something that we just, this, it's, it's what we do, it's the standard, for it to show the heart of Jesus to the community that we live in because when people walk in these doors and they see something different, it's like, man, something about that place is different and it's the love of Christ working itself out through our hands. And we're gonna talk about that in just a little while. But each of us in here, guys, I, you can look to your left and your right and front and back. Uh, and you, we've been gifted with extraordinary gifts. I know you might not know that. Some of, you, some of you might be oblivious, but you have talents, abilities, and gifts that you, if you've never tapped into those, God has an uh, endless supply of grace to give you to use the gifts that he's given you. And so what I want you to see is, you know, we're not gifted with these talents and abilities though, for our own benefit. That's what we have to understand. Um, if, you, if you have your Bibles again, turn to 1 Peter. I want to read some um, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to look at what Peter says about our gifts and about why we're gifted and about what we should be doing with the gifts that God's given us because it's not meant to sit on our hands. And that's one thing at Connection Church, if you're here and you're invested and, you, and you've gone through heart and soul and you're serving, one thing we refuse to let you do is to sit on your hands. You have every opportunity to serve, every opportunity to get involved. It says 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11 says this. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. Above all, that's the pinnacle, above all, above everything else, above everything else you've heard me teach, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one of you 
should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Read that again. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You've been given gifts to steward for God's grace so that God can look at you and say, I want you to use your gift at this point in time so that you can reach this person for my name. Okay, and that's why obedience is important. It says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That's no pressure. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him be the glory and to the, and the power forever and ever. So why do we do these things? The big phrase, so that in all things, how many, is that's everything. In all things, God may be what? Praise. God may be praised. That's the, that's the theme of our, our, our jobs as believers. If we are living for Christ, that is what we're supposed to do. We're gifted by God, for the, not for our own good, but rather for, to bring God glory so that he may be praised, that people may see the work that God's done in our life and praise Jesus for that. And so there's two things throughout Scripture that you see true believers of Jesus working. You can see it great in, in Acts 2. It says, you know, that, that have their attitudes towards God and the people around them. Jesus has changed their heart in Acts 2 so radically, they, couldn't, they could not not serve. I know that was crazy. They couldn't not serve. They, they want, there's two things. They loved God and they loved people. They loved God and they loved people. That is a perfect equation for serving and loving God. Why? Because God loves people. If somebody is serving and loving and surrender their life to God, then they're going to love what God loves. That's, that's, a, that's a fact. They're going to love what God loves. God loves people, so that means we should love people. And so my, 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 my question tonight is, is why do we serve? And this is what I want to answer. Why do we serve and why do we put so much importance on having a culture of serving at Connection? And so this is our fourth culture we're talking about. And I want to answer two or three things tonight. There's, there's three reasons why we serve, and there's three things that hinder our serving, okay? And so I'm going to talk about those three things. The first thing, the, one of the reasons why we serve, and I've already said it before in, in John 13, it says it's because Jesus served us. Number one is we serve because Jesus served us. He set an example for us is what it says. And what I've learned is that served people, somebody he served usually serves other people. And that's an that's a, a older um, statement that we used to say connection a lot. And John 13, 15, we talked about this already one time, but look at it again. It says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Okay, this, and, and understand this. A few chapters later, Jesus is going to be saying, all authority has been in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a guy we should listen to. This is a guy we should look at. This is a guy we should study. And this is a guy we should mimic our lives after. This is not, this is not a book of suggestions. This is not a book that uh, good ideas and, and thoughtful hints of, of how to live your life. This is a way to live your life in a way that you've been called to live your life. Okay, and so what I want you to hear tonight is this, is that you know, when Jesus saw a need, he met that need. He met people in their disease, he met people in their sin. He met demon-possessed people in their chains and freed them. He met people where they were, and he met needs. And so often, I think we sit on our hands and wait for God to roll back the clouds and shine a light from heaven and on that one thing that he wants us to do. So many times as believers, we do this. And so that's not how it works. According to Scripture is what I found. If you found other Scripture, I would love to talk about it. But I had never found a Scripture that showed me that's how it works in the Bible. Philippians 2, let's look at that. Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It'll be on the screen so you don't have to flip.
quick. And if you want to, if you're fast, if you're an awesome Bible drill champion, go for it. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, period. Let's listen to that again. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That's a high order to, to, to walk through, right? Who struggles with that? Everybody better raise your hand in here. Okay, it's good. We all struggle with that. Michael Page struggles with that the most in this room, I promise. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but to each, to each of you, to the interest of others in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. And so, <laughs> that's tough. Have the main, same mindset as Christ. As a church, we will be a people who serve our community and the people that we are in contact with. I refuse to be a part of a church that doesn't love the community around them. Because as soon as we stop caring about people in our community, we stop being a church. As soon as we start caring about the people that are coming and, and need Jesus, and, the, and as soon as we stop caring about people, we stop, we stop being a church. We talk about in here, we, we do Christmas service days, or we saw on the one-on-one -on -one video, we, we do uh, service week coming up in April. We do service projects. We're trying right, right now to, to, to get our feet under us a little bit, to, to start partnering with organizations to, to help, the, um, help people around us in communities in, in Savannah and Rinkin and, um, and, and just in Chatham County. And so, but once our heart is that, that these cultures will be more than just a, a series um, uh, that, that, we, that we preach. We want this to be something that, that takes a hold and takes root in your heart. Our heart is that you would take these on personally, that this wouldn't just be um, the Connection Church Pooler staff um, cultures, but they was, these would be your cultures. These would be something that you live by, that, that you're generous, that you're, that you're all about evangelism and, and, and you're all about serving and being a part of community. That's our heart is, is that, that you would join a connect group and serve alongside of them to reach Pooler. You know, if we're obedient, this is what I want you to hear, is that if we're obedient to Jesus' words in their entirety in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them, and all that stuff that we read in Matthew 28, if, we, if we're obedient to that in its entirety, it will take the entirety of our life. It, it's not like we have, a, we, have a, we have an assignment that's gonna take a few years. It's gonna take the rest of your life. And it's important that we give our lives to this. And so while I was preparing for this, this message, um, sometimes God wakes me up in the middle of the night and it's frustrating sometimes, but like, I, I feel like I should prepare for sermons at three in the morning because God wakes me up all the time with these like just this heavy stuff. And I, finally this week, preparing for this message, I just started writing it down on my phone. And so I'm gonna share this. It's a very transparent moment, okay? All right, so don't judge me for what you're about to hear on this phone, but it, very transparent. It's three in the morning, half asleep, okay? And God, I, he was really showing me some things in my heart, just in my own life. And so I, I want to share it with you as I was kind of preparing and I was thinking through serving and just, just pay attention. Um, and just remember, it's three in the morning. It's really early, okay? So, um, and these are just kind, of, just kind of straight thoughts. It says, we always like to say, Lord, send me. Give me a message to give and I'll go and I'll do Give me a huge task to change the world for your kingdom and I'll go. And then I started, then I felt like God was asking questions. And he says, what if, he's, what, if, what if I'm saying I've already given you a message? It's called the word of God. What if he's asking, have you taken the time to read and understand it in order to be able to take it to the person across the street? What if he's saying, because, of, because one thing I know is not going to tell, one thing I know is he's not going to tell you to take a message across the world or a nation or a city unless you're willing to walk across the street to proclaim it. 
Um, what if we're asking for a task or a special mission from God and he's saying, I've already given you so many opportunities to serve. Just look at the church that you're involved in. There's a need for volunteers, but we, we like to pick and choose how we serve God. We say things like, I'll serve unless I have to do this or that. The act of serving that changed my life, this is personal, the act of serving that changed my life was the obedience of a man that stood in front of a church during the end of a service and did nothing except smile. I was able to see Christ on his face. You can't fake that. If you're trying to fake it, stop. This, I'm, I'm talking to myself here, okay? This is me, my personal journal I'm giving you guys. Come, uh, I saw Jesus in a man's appearance and it showed me how loving and obeying Jesus Jesus' call to love and serve his people will change the fabric of a community. Changing in diapers is not above you. Sweeping a floor or mopping is not above you. Shaking a hand to a homeless man or a woman is not above you. Giving a person the shoes off your feet or the shirt off your back is not above you. To be effective in serving the king, we have to remember that we're only princes. We're not the king. We serve the king. And so my heart tonight for that, I was really transparent with that, but that was just some of my personal thoughts in that, is that we have a, 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 a huge God that we serve that loves us and has chosen to give us the opportunity to serve alongside of him. Not just in this church, but outside of these walls when you're walking down the street at your job, in your families, to serve. And so my question is, are we serving others um, selflessly or out of the overflow of what Christ did for us? And that's number one, is he saved us, or he served us. The second one is Jesus saved us. Another reason why we serve is Jesus saved us. I promise you, you find me a sincerely saved person, person, and I promise you they're seeking the salvation of other people. Anytime somebody meets Christ, wants other people to meet Christ, always. Jesus provided a way of salvation in, for every person in this room where there should not have been a way. That's what should amaze us. There should not be a way to get back to God because of our sin. But God loved us so much that he made a way. And we truly understand the great cost of our salvation, we respond with a desire to give back in any way we can, any way. He saved us by giving himself in our place in exchange for us. So how can we do anything else but serve him and point others to him? You know, how could we turn our backs when we sin and choose anything else other than him? Paul, in Romans 12, it says this, Romans 12, 1, it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. That because of God's great mercy, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice dedicated to his service. And I love the part, in view of God's mercy. Until we see how beautiful Jesus is, we'll never get this. We'll never get anything we talk about from this stage until we see the beauty of Christ firsthand. And that's my heart for us in this room, that we would see how beautiful Christ did and what he did for us. And so the question is, are we coming alongside of others in hopes of seeing them come to Christ? That's a great way. That's a great reason why we serve. Number three is Jesus sent us. The reason why we serve is Jesus commanded it. He sent us to do it. John 17, 18 says this, and this is Jesus praying to his father, praying to God. He says, as you sent me into the world, I send them into the world. And you need to feel the weight of that a little bit. We need to, we need to feel that weight a little bit. It says, just as, as you, which, however your translation put it, if you, if, you're in your, if you have your Bible and you're out and you want to write in it, circle that, as you. That just as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. That is saying some big words. Just like God sent Jesus into the world, we've been sent with the same weight 
to go into the world. But the thing is, we have the Holy Spirit to push us, to, to encourage us, to help us and motivate us. And this is what I want you to hear is that when Jesus sends us, but sent people live with a higher purpose and a calling in life. When, when someone's sent with a direction or a motivation, they're sent with a higher calling and a purpose. Someone who's sent is, has a different motivation. Sent by God versus being sent by God is, 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 a, is a huge motivator. God's sending me. Look at Paul's life. Go read Acts where Paul encountered God on the road to Damascus. His life completely changed, and it didn't matter what, at that point what God was going to tell him to do. It was going to be yes. Okay, yes, sir, because he had seen God for who he is. And tonight, that's my, that's my hope is that one day we'd be able to see God for who he is in this room, that, in, the, in this group of people we have here. Because one thing I know, guys, is, is that if, if we've trusted Jesus as our Lord, then our lives should look radically different than it did before we met Jesus. He sends us out to the world to love people, to serve people, and to share the gospel with people. My challenge tonight is for you for this, is to pray that prayer like I was telling you before. Instead of praying, asking God for things that you think you want or need, ask him to show you where you're at. Say, God, where am I at? Be prepared for an answer. Be prepared for a, a, just a, okay, I didn't think I was right there, but okay. Be prepared for an answer. Like, ask him, where, where am I at, and what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Fulfilling his mission leaves absolutely no room for self, absolutely no room because we're giving ourselves completely to God. And so are we living as people who have been sent by God himself? And if, you're, if we're not, then why? Does it mean we, don't, we might not know Christ? Is that, is that what it means? If it is, let's, let's get that right. And so and tonight, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about is there's three other things that we're going to talk about. Those first, I gave you the first three. The next three are things that hindered our serving. And these are hard to talk about personally because as I was writing this out, I, I was, it was tough. I was typing really slow. God, I don't want to talk about this because this hurts my heart when I'm talking about this. Is, is the number one is selfishness. Something that hinders our serving, selfishness. Philippians 2, we just read this. 2, 3 through 4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So hard. But one thing I do know is if we're not hungry for God, if we're not hungry for his word, that it probably means we're full of ourselves. That's tough to hear, isn't it? It's tough to, to hear that in, in my own words even. It's like, if we're not hungry for God, then we're full of something else, right? We're full of other things. And so, you know, we have to decide, you know, where we're at in that. And so are we, or is that what's holding us back? It's selfish. Number two, number two is materialism. This is a big one. First one is selfish. Number two is materialism. We have to decide if we're going to, to give to further the kingdom of God or get to attempt to further our own kingdom. Are we, going, are we giving? Are we getting? Which one is it? The, the most important decision we have to make is, and once we become a Christian is am I going to be a kingdom builder or am I going to, am I going to be a wealth builder? Because I don't think you can do both effectively because I think you'll be halfway one or the other. And so uh, you, you can't focus, I don't think you can focus your life on getting more things at the same time, give yourself to help people like Jesus did. Because I don't see anywhere in the Bible where Jesus is telling us to do that. He's telling us to, to give up things to give to other people. Luke 16, 13 says, no servant can serve two masters. And this, this cuts at the heart of the American culture. And so I know it, this, is, this is tough. And it's tough for me because I live, surprisingly, in the American culture. You can't serve two masters is what it's saying. And number three is probably one of the ones that's going to hit really hard at home because we all deal with this as a culture is busyness. 
busyness. Busyness. We fill our schedules to the max, don't we? Everything in our schedule, we have a time for every single thing in the day. Everything. We, have, we know what we're going to do tomorrow and the next day. And the next, we probably know what we're going to do next week. We probably already have vacations planned for this week. We know we're just filled with things to do. And so how much of the things on our daily schedule are things God's called us to? You know, how, how much do we do during the day that God's, you, this is where I want you to put this amount of time for you, for the further the kingdom. How much of these things on here on the list are, are there to further your kingdom versus his? Do we say, Lord, Lord give me, let, let me get my life straight, then I'll start doing what you're commanding me to do. Let me get the security that I think I need, then I'll start obeying you, Father. And it can't be that way. Because our schedules are so slammed that fitting time in for Jesus seems impossible. We struggle with time. What's the answer that you normally get whenever you say, hey, how you been? Busy. I've been busy. How many people get that? Everybody. How many people said that? Everybody. We all say that. But listen to this with the heart that it's spoken in, please. Because it's spoken from a heart of love. But how is it that we have diminished the size of God to the point where he has to be fit on a priority list somewhere between our favorite TV shows and our jobs or our social life? How have we done that? You know, how have we diminished the hugeness of God into, into, a, into a slot on our priority list. We have to change that. If God said, quit your job, I want you to do this, or get out of this relationship, or move here, move there, sell this, do this, what would you do? Have, you know, have we stacked things so high in our life that we can't see our way around, that we can't see God through the stuff? that's stacked in our life, whether it's time, whether it's things in our heart, whether it's physical possessions, where is it at? What if you, what if we were created and you were, I mean, to be honest, what if you were created for such a great purpose that you might be the only chance to, that people see Jesus through you? But we're so focused on the other things, through the way you love people, through the way you serve people. That is important, guys, and as Christians, we need to step into the high calling of following Jesus in more ways than with just our words. It's, it's important that we start taking the words that we say we believe, the ones we put on Facebook, the ones we share in Connect Group, and we start putting feet to those words. We start putting feet to the way we talk, to the way we to move and act. Um, Galatians 5, 6, it says this. It says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor un uncircumcision, which is basically legalism and the, the fluff of our faith, has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith expressing itself through love. That means our faith should be expressed out, outwardly. It's, a, it's an action. It's something that we can't just sit on our hands. God blesses us not for what we know, guys. We know a lot. We know a lot of scripture, right? Well, I can memorize this. I had my Jesus calling devotion, didn't, didn't miss a day. And I know the scriptures. I know all the stuff. But God does not bless us for what we know, but he blesses us for the responses to what we know. We know a lot of stuff. He's not gonna say when you get to heaven, man, you knew so much scripture, come on in. That's not what he's gonna say. He's gonna judge us based off of how obedient we were to the scripture that we knew. That's huge to understand. Does our obedience follow our knowledge? Does our knowledge of the word move us into action? And I want you to, this is one of the last things I wanna show you. It's a, our head, our hearts, and our hands. The word needs to get into our heads. 
that needs to flow down into our hearts, that needs to flow out of our hands. Those three things, into your head, into your heart, out of your hands. God promises if we would live this way, that we would become a channel of blessing to the world around us. And, and your mind can't fathom what God would do in Pooler and the surrounding areas if we would surrender to God fully and be obedient to what he's calling us to do in his word. God rewards obedience, not success. God rewards obedience to his word, obedience to what he's calling you to, not your promotion. Not, he, 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 he blesses obedience. So what are your next steps when it comes to this? Where are you at in this? Where are we at tonight? Does it look like, do we need to surrender to Christ? Do we need to surrender our lives to Christ to get saved? I'm tired of the, I'm tired of the words recommit. I grew up Baptist, I'm a recovering Baptist. Listen, I, re I recommitted my life 13 times before I was 14, okay? It was a lot. I, I got baptized so many, I can't count. That doesn't matter. I, needed, I did not need to recommit my life again. I needed to surrender my life, let go of the controls and let him have it. And that, is that where we're at tonight? Are we, or do we need to be more faithful in, in our connect group? Do we need to join a connect group? Do we need to serve in church? Do we need to sign up to be a, a connector tonight? Because we're doing that. We're, and after you leave, you can sign up to serve if you want to. to. To serve more people in general outside of here. Where are you at tonight with Jesus? Don't be someone who is satisfied with living on the outskirts, kind of looking in. Don't be satisfied with doing that. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, who you've done it with. Let the Lord awaken your heart tonight to who he is and what he's done. That's what he wants. God has called us to get in the game, to get off our hands, to, to stop sitting around on the sidelines waiting on God to put us in because he's already put us in when he sent Jesus to, to die for us. He put us in the game a long time ago. He, he died and he rose again for our sins to, to, for, so that we could live free to obey what he's calling us to do. So my, 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 my motivational statement for tonight, my challenge is this, is that we would take a step, take a next step, like move. The church for so long has sit still and sit on their hands, move, move. Get on the move because God is on the move. He's never still. It says in the gospels, it says, he says, I am always at work just as my father is always at work. He's always at work. Don't stay where you're at, but start where you are. It's okay not to be okay. We want you here. It don't matter where you're at. It's okay not to be okay, but don't stay there. Take a step. Invest in a connect group. Join one tonight. Uh, it might be, like I said, serving coming to Jesus tonight, if that's you. But I want you to evaluate where you're at at least. And I, are, are you living in fear? Is it is fear got you by the heart? Ha, have we just been hoping that things would just kind of fall into place? Have we been hoping that that would happen? But don't, what I want to tell you tonight is don't let fear keep you in a place where you know you don't belong. Don't let fear of the next, what, I, I can't see it around the corner, so I'm not sure if I can take that next step because the security is a little off because I can't, I can't see what's coming around the bend. Jesus knows and he loves you and he's gonna take care of you. Don't let fear keep you there. How long, that's what I asked before tonight, how long have you been exactly where you are right now? Hoping that I could just do one more thing to get me over that hump. Don't be afraid to let go. Are we basing our eternity on saying that, I, that we believe in Jesus, but haven't taken any steps of obedience? Confessing Jesus as Lord is what it says in Romans 10. It says, it says that we have to confess and believe. That means, that means I am confessing Him as Lord, not just saying I believe in Jesus. 
That's not a saving faith. A saving faith is, Jesus, I believe in you. You have the keys to my heart, my life. I, I, you, you are my everything. I am following you for the rest of my days. That is surrender. That is the kind of saving faith that we need. And so tonight, guys, where are we at? Have we been claiming to the world that Jesus, we believe in Jesus, but, we, but, but your life may not add up to what the Bible calls a Christian? Have, have you never really given control of your heart to Jesus because you're scared to lose control or, 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 or scared of the unknown? Like I said, do you really know Christ tonight in the fullness of who he is? He died for you, for you, for you around the room individually that you could live for Christ and die to yourself. And so tonight, that's my question is, do you know Jesus? I'm not talking about knowing who he is. I know who Michael Jordan is. Never met him, don't know him. Do you know Jesus tonight? And so tonight, guys, Jesus is on the throne. Jesus reigns, he rules. He rose from the dead and he's reigning tonight. That should excite us because that means there's a way. It means there's a way for us to him. And so tonight, if you've never taken your next step in that salvation and connection, we like, we like to call people to be bold. We ask you to raise your hand because we wanna celebrate with you, not because we wanna call you out. We wanna join alongside of you and walk with you. We wanna take you from that first step after you take that first step, somebody's gonna take the second one and the third one with you. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it takes one step. And so tonight, if, you are, uh, if you've never met Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, and that's something that you wanna do, we just wanna ask you to raise your hand. We'd like to pray with you. We wanna pray with you and we wanna and put you on the path of uh, where, you, where you need to go. If that's you, just slip your hand in there. Okay. All right, great. If it, it means we're all saved here. Still one. Awesome. That's awesome. Praise Jesus. Is there anybody else? Ice is broken. We're good now. It's not awkward anymore. We're good. Is there anybody else? Okay. All right, next is this, is that, um, you know, have we, been, we may have been living our, our life for ourselves. We're about to sing a song in a second. It's called Come and See. And basically the, the main line in the song is come and see what he has done. Come and see what he has done. Not what we've done. Come and see what he has done. And so if you want to, we're going to give you some time. If you want to come to the altar and pray, if there's something you need to lay down tonight and you want to get personal with Jesus, come to the altar. Come, come lay it down here and leave it here. And we'll sweep it up later as we're cleaning up. So don't pick it back up tonight. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to move on um, with our night. So, Lord, we love you. I'm so thankful, Lord, that we get to serve you. I'm so thankful, Lord, that, that you called us to, to serve you, and you called us to, to walk as you've, did, you've done. Lord, I thank you so much for, for just for your sacrifice in our life. Thank you for giving us a way back to you, Jesus, when we didn't deserve it. Father, I pray for every heart in this room, God, the ones that may not have raised their hand, Father, but, but that you're drawing them in, God, I pray that you would give them courage, Father, and, and, and an energy, Father, to be able to say yes to you, Father. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for all that you've done and all that you're doing, God, in Pooler. I pray that you would continue to move and continue to, and to, continue to show us, Father, how to, how to move and act. Lord, we love you. In your name I pray.